got the best people in the world around here. I tell you what, I am still God's favorite because he sent me every one of you guys, every one of you. I am just so blessed to be here. Keith is in, um, I think, Champaign. Is it Champaign, Illinois? Uh, the cities all go together after a while, you know. So uh, we went um, this week and, and looked at two more airplanes, and uh, we're still believing God, and money is on the way. We have got major big chunks on the way. We just know it in our hearts. We've been praying about it, and uh, God's dealing with some people, and, and we have some things in our heart about some good things. And uh, it's an easy thing for God. It's so easy for God. And uh, our buildings are on the way. Uh, Celebration Sunday was so fun for me. We talked about the youth today, but I tell you, I'd rather spend money on our kids than just about anything we have around here. And so, uh, yeah. So, um, that was so much fun. Tom and Amy came in with the list of things they wanted to do for the kids. And, uh, I just kept adding to it and adding to it and adding to it. And by the time we got finished with it, it was fun. So, uh, the kids are a blessing around here. So we are believing for the right places. We've looked at recently two or three different things that we can do and buildings. And, and, uh, so that you guys know, we are on that with both feet. It is something that is priority to us. The kids, you guys don't get to hear about this stuff much when Keith is up here speaking. So I like to tell you guys about it when I'm up here. They are learning and getting the word. We have so many testimonies. How many of you are parents and can tell that your kids are growing in things? Oh, it's just such a blessing when you go in there with them. And they will preach to you if you let them. They will just, I mean, they know so much word. And, and they are faith kids, I'm telling you. They they don't get negative. They will tell you, they will correct you in a minute about the word. If you are if you get in un, unbelief, they will say, no, that's not faith, you know. Or they'll say, the devil's under your feet. Don't say that. The devil's under your feet, you know. And. And, and so they are growing daily. And so uh, any money that we can put on our kids, it is the best money that you will ever spend in your lifetime. Because they'll go to their schools and they will correct the other kids. We get testimonies all the time about kids saying negative things. And kids will receive it from other kids. They won't receive it from an adult, but they will receive it from another kid. And you don't know how many kids just from things sitting in a chair at school that they have actually gotten saved. They may not go home and tell their parents, but they have actually ministered to other kids at their schools and stuff and they don't go home and tell their parents about that but they will tell them to pray or they'll ask them or uh, and things are happening left and right we're hearing about it so it just blesses me to hear about the wonderful things that are going on in there so i appreciate all of our teachers each one of you that sow in that area or have given in that area what a blessing you have ahead of you because of the reward you don't know what these kids will do i see some of them and i know some of them have ministry behind them you just can see it in their lives You can see what's ahead of them and what they are going to do for God. And the very money that you sow, they could be the one that changes the world. Who knows? So uh, don't be afraid to sow for the kids, you know, because they are they are good ground. They're really, really good ground. And then also we we have our new Bible reading cards. Yes, yes, yes. Good Bible reading cards. Keith has decided that we don't know our Old Testament well enough. Can you all tell that? Because he added it this time. So uh, it's a good thing. I love to read the Old Testament. There's so many stories in it that we're missing out on and uh, so much good stuff in there. And we need to know it. So if we follow this pattern, we will read through the Old Testament one time and the New Testament three times every seven years. So there's a scripture in the Old Testament. I'm not going to try to get into it and preach it to you because he does better than that on that than me. I was real confused Friday night and I turned around to Jill and said, I have to tell this Sunday morning. So write it down for me. But anyway, he'll explain it to you better next week. Just in other words, Monday morning we read Genesis 1. Start with us. He'll explain it better to you later on how it all goes. Yeah, I'll do like Dave. He's got that covered better than me. So let's get started this morning. Glory to God. I am excited about this morning because I don't have to read 10,000 scriptures this morning. We get to share some things and exhort more than we get to teach because he's been teaching a lot lately have y'all noticed yeah 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 and but what I, I talked to him about it one night and i said i wonder why the lord has been having you go so long and just teach like two hours have you noticed yeah two hours you know friday night sunday morning and um and i got praying about it myself and i said lord what's going on here you know, uh, why have we just stretched so much and expanded so much, you know? And it's like the Lord dealt with me about it. It's like there's seasons for things. 
You know, there, there are seasons for things. And these cameras came in and the world came in. Did you notice that? And people, there's a lot of people that hooked in for the very first time in their life. And they're getting the word for the very first time in their lives. And we are free downloading for the first time in our lives. And we are getting, I wish we could explain to you and each one of you could sit down with us and see for the very first time in your lives all the testimonies that we get from people that, just like I read a few of them, you weren't here Friday night, about how it was changing people's lives, the word, for the very first time. Do you remember the first time you got the word in your life? I mean, and just the simple, simple, simple truth of uh, prosperity or the simple truth of healing. And when he's able to go for that length of time, we don't know, we don't naturally know what five years from now brings. And where we will be five years from now. I would like to think we'll be standing right here in Branson, Missouri. But I know how our life has been. You might as well say amen. It's so anyway. And I don't know if Keith Moore will be standing right here behind this pulpit in five years from now. You might as well say amen. It's so anyway. And God knows it. And so if you're not that way in your life, you might as well get that way or you could be missing God. So uh, we need to take advantage of every opportunity we have to get the word out. And so uh, he knows what the future brings, even though we don't. And we learned that a long time ago. There's seasons for things. And so uh, he knows what this season brings. Maybe this teaching time needs to be gotten down on, on video. Maybe it needs to be gotten down on tape. I don't know what five years from now brings. Do you? No. Do you know what tomorrow brings? No. We don't. So we do what the Lord leads us to do for today, and we do it as best we know, and he'll lead us where we are. So I was really excited about today when I didn't have to teach line up online, and, and uh, it's really good, you know, so it frees you up a whole lot. So I wanted to exhort a little bit today about some things that I feel like is going on. So I had the girls to learn that song. How'd y'all like that song, Hold On? Oh, I've sung that song so many times. It just, it stirs me up. You know, when things are going on in your life and you think, can we make it through another day? You ever been there? Can we make it through today? Can we make it through another hour? You know, can we make it through this afternoon? Yeah, we can. Because you're still here. Duh, touch them. See if they're still here. Yeah, they're here. Some of you are here. Some of you are asleep. So, uh, but what happens so many times is, have you ever watched a TV show? Like the other day, I was watching a Nancy Drew, one of those Nancy, old Nancy Drew movies, you know. And I was watching one of those. And um, you watch it and you think, you're, you sit there and I found myself saying out loud, don't go in there. Don't, don't go. It's a trap. It's a trap. Don't go. Don't go. Don't go. Don't go. It's a trap. Don't go. You ever found yourself doing that? And you see it, and it's just a setup. And you want to guide them in the right direction. You ever done that? You're sitting there watching. Now, guys, they're football people. Don't go that way. Don't go. Why did you go that way? Right? And you're trying to help them all along the way. Because you know that they're setting weight for them over there. You know? But our life can be that way. It can be. Traps set for us all along the way. And we have to make decisions all along the way as to getting into traps or avoiding traps all through our lives. Has anybody ever fallen into one? Man, it just seems like you can stay in traps, doesn't it? How many golfers do we have in here? I'm not going to look at Wayne. Where's Wit? Don't let me look at him either. Okay, thank you. Um, they never get in their balls in sand pits, do they? Don't tell them. No, never. Yeah. Um, their balls can get in a sand pit. It's, it's like a trap, you know, and your ball, you know, and it's like trapped in those traps. It's like you, you just stay in those kind of positions in your life. It's like you get out of one 
And there's another one sitting there waiting on you. And you get out of that one. And there's another one sitting there waiting on you. It's like it's, it's, it's just never ending. You get victory over this. And here comes another one. Well, let's look at a couple of things. Um, let's look at a trap that somebody fell into. And we won't look at a lot of scriptures today, but let's look at just a couple. You've got to have scripture, right, for everything that you do. So we'll look at a couple, but you'll enjoy these. You ever heard of Samson and Delilah? You wouldn't even have to turn there if you didn't want to. You know, you can even, you know, you know these stories. So Samson and Delilah. It's in Judges 16. If you want to turn there, you can. Um, Samson and Delilah. What happened with Samson? Did he fall into a trap? I'm telling you what. The man fell into a trap. What caused him to fall into a trap? Yeah, somebody's saying covetousness because you've been here on Friday night. But a woman. A woman caused him to fall into a trap. Don't raise your hands. But a lot of men have fallen into a trap over a woman. Samson did. And um, he fell into this trap over this beautiful woman. Now, the, the thing that I tell you, I know men are not that dumb. I'm married to one. But the thing that gets me about Samson is not once, not twice. First off, it was, if you bind me, with ropes. So he bound him. She had him bound with ropes. Then what happened? He got out of him. So what happens next? If you bind me with new ropes... Then what happens next? He got out of him. Then she goes whining to him. Right? Y'all know the story? Everybody knows the story. of If you don't, thank goodness Keith is leading us to read our Old Testament. Everybody should know the story of Samson and Delilah. Okay? Then he says, well, this is, weave, this one gets a little confusing. Weave seven braids of hair into fabric and tighten it with a pin. Okay, so she has him go to sleep and she takes his hair and she weaves it all up. Now, that's a dumb man. Now, wouldn't you say that's a dumb man? That's pretty dumb, right? I mean, one, two, three. But now this is really the dumb man. Look at, do, do look at this. Judges 16, 15. This is really, really the dumb man. And I tried to get in touch with Keith this morning because you know how I am with stories. And I'll tell you this one in just a minute. Somebody can probably help me with it. You've probably heard it before. So, Judges 16, 15. Now, this is a slick woman. She must have been very pretty and batted her eyes a lot. She said to him, how can you say you love me? (laughs) She had to do something, right? How can you say you love me, sweetheart, Samson? When you've mocked me three times and not told me where your strength really lies. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death. Listen to the NIV. And with such nagging. She prodded him day after day until he was tired to death. 
that he told her everything. Now, that's really a dumb man. I don't care how much she batted her eyes or how much she did anything. Three times she's already done exactly what he told her. Exactly. Tie me with ropes. Tie me with new ropes. Weave my hair and I'll lose my strength. Now, those are traps, right? Did she do them? I mean, she batted those sweet little eyes. Now, somebody help me with this story. The man and his wife were out in a boat fishing. Somebody, if you know it, tell me it, because I will tell the punchline first. And she keeps nagging him about something. And somehow or another about where they're supposed to be fishing or baiting this hook or doing something. You know, I tried to get Keith this morning, but the service started at 930 instead of 10 and I missed him. And um, I had him remind me of it and I wrote it down. But anyway, um, she's nagging him and nagging him and nagging him. And somehow or another, she keeps nagging him and he keeps telling her, huh? That's that's one. Yeah, yeah, you know it. You know it. Give me a microphone. Give me. Give me a microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a Yeah. Stand, stand up and tell it to us. Tell it to us. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, tell it. Tell it. Well, I, the way I heard it was that it was with a horse. Yeah, well, tell it. Tell it however you heard it. And the horse reared up. And he said, that's one. And it was his new wife. And she looked at him, and he smacked the horse and, and uh, drove off. And the horse reared up again. He said, that's two. And the wife looked at him, and she didn't think much about it. And then finally the horse reared up again, and he shot it. And that's it. <laughs> that's what I yeah, well, there's something else to go with this. But she said, what did you do that for? And he said, that's one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, and then this is that. This that's what that's one of them. But this is another one. Okay, that's a good one. Okay, but this this is this is they were out in the boat. You guys got to be in the boat because you won't you won't get the the gist of it. Okay, it's one. They're out in the boat, and somehow she gets and uh, they're uh, somehow she gets nagging him, nagging him, nagging him, and uh, she keeps pressing and pressing and pressing, and he says, uh, that's one, that's two, and so finally she winds up overboard or something like that, and she keeps talking and talking and talking, and she, she can't talk anymore, and um, so uh, uh, he says something about scissors, cutting it with scissors, and uh, she can't say scissors anymore, and so does somebody know it? Yeah, so yeah, I got that part, yeah, I know that, that's the punchline, you can't tell that yet. <laughs> That's the punchline. So uh, anyway, uh, so she says something about um, um, she's telling something about cutting it or something and cutting it. And um, so she you got it. Come up here and tell it. Come up here and tell it. Yeah, you got to hear this because it's too cute. This is the nagging part. See, I told you all today would be different. We don't have to preach today. Keith preaches to y'all enough, doesn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all, y'all will still be saved when he comes back, right? Okay. Yeah. Tell it, tell it. They were uh, arguing over a TV show that they had seen. Okay. And um, he said, well, he stabbed her with a knife. Yeah. And she said, no, he stabbed her with a scissor. That's it. That's it. And so she kept pressing and nagging, and they kept arguing and fighting. And so finally he became so angry that he threw her overboard. Overboard. That's it. And as she was going down the third time, she went, Now you get the picture. Now, she's going to win no matter what. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You got it? She's going to win. She's going to have the last word. Well, that's what was going on here. That goes on at my house sometimes. Sometimes Keith doesn't say a word. He just goes. So if ever you see him go. 
You know what it means. In other words, that's enough. So, see, I tell y'all all my secrets. See, y'all know them. So now you husbands, you wives, sometimes I go like that too. So anyway, anyway, see, I knew somebody would know that story. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So anyway, she nagged him so much. Dumb man, though. Even as much as she nagged him, he went ahead and told her and fell right into that trap. And what happened to him? Lost his strength, lost his eyes, lost everything. Lost everything, but God had mercy on him. He still died, but God had mercy on him. Let him do some things. So, um, I mean, he had a trap set for him that wouldn't wait. Isn't that right? I mean, you can fall into the devil's trap and know he's got one set and waiting for you. And still do what he has set and waiting for you. Why are we that dumb? Are we that dumb? Some people are going. (laughs) Dumb. We don't have to be that dumb, right? Hand me that microphone back. I'm not finished this morning. Y'all, I told y'all it's going to be different this morning, right? Wayne, come on up here. Now, Wayne has been around here since the beginning. And, um. Wayne doesn't like for me to tell it, but Vicky broke his arm and made him come here. And uh, Vicky likes for me to tell that part. And uh, Wayne had been coming here for a while. And Wayne and Vicky have been a major blessing to this church. You guys don't get to see what all they do for us. And um, last year, I guess it's been over a year and a half ago, I mean... We really, really are believing God for our kids' stuff, like I told you a few minutes ago. And uh, we got out here one day, and um, me and Keith, and or, uh, that's bad grammar, correct? Keith and I, and um, Wayne and uh, Dave got out on the grounds here and walked around, and were looking at possibilities of building and adding on. And, and as we were walking out on the grounds, we saw some people living on a tent back here, in a tent back there, and we, we saw lots of stuff that we didn't know was going on around here. But anyway, we did that one day, and Wayne had some plans drawn up for us to add on a kid's wing back in the back here. And he spent a lot of time and effort and work on it. And um, we didn't do it. And... Um, so a little while later, we went out and we were looking at a building. And because of Wayne's background with all the buildings, and he knows who built most of them in town here, and he, and he uh, sells steel and uh, knows a lot of the structures and stuff in town here, some of the time we've had Wayne to go and meet us at a building and look at it to check the structure of the building and stuff. So uh, we're not dumb. We use people that have knowledge in those areas. And uh, so um, this particular day... I called and had Wayne come meet Dave and I and Keith at a bill. Was Keith with us that day? Not that for, yeah, he was. And um, we walk into this building and um, Wayne is a little huffy. (laughs) And that's not Wayne. And he's a little huffy that day. And I'm going to let him tell you the story. Because of my construction background, of course, they called me to the back, and we laid it out with the drawing, like Miss Phyllis said, and, and I contacted one Put, of Hold the mic up to your mouth. I contacted one of my good accounts and friends to give us a general estimate of what the price would be, and, and he did. And like Miss Phyllis said, it didn't look, I mean, if we were taking up too much parking and this and that, and it, and it didn't look feasible. So... Approximately a month before she, I was called to come to the theater, one of my guys gets a call to come to one of our customers to pick up a set of plans. And he goes and picks up the plans. And I review every bid that we do. So he calls me and he says, uh, you need to come over here. Uh, I need you to review this before we send the bid out for Faith Life Center. I thought, it can't be. 
So I went over and looked at it. And, of course, I started boiling, you know. I mean, they did this without even calling me. And I got, I tried to call Dave. I mean, I was ready to talk to somebody. I called Dave, and he was busy. I called the contractor to talk to him, and they're in a meeting. And this goes on for two weeks. I can't get a hold of them to get to the bottom of it. I mean, as far as the contractor. But Vicki and I had several talks that day, what I should do. I mean, you know, I put out all this effort, and they went behind my back and, and signed a contract with these people, and they're going to build it. I mean, the plans were identical. Had a gymnasium, had school, classrooms all around, just fit to a T. And Got I, bids against him, too. And like I said, Vicki and I had many discussions about it. And finally, and someone that I am very close to, who had been hurt in the church, gave me his, you ought to quit. You put in all this work, you ought to quit immediately. Call him, resign, and do all these things. And Vicki and I, because of Keith's teachings, you know, we can't do that. We're not going to start any trouble. And we decided, you know, we're not saying anything about this thing. You know, if, it, if that happened, then that's the Lord's will. Dave called me back, and I refused to discuss with him what I wanted to discuss with earlier. I kept it quiet. So they called me to come to, to look at this building. And Brother Keith had called me for a meeting that same day, but this thing came up quick. So we go and we take a look, and we're walking through it. And Miss Phyllis is asking me, what do you think? And finally, I just had to say something. So I said, well, can you get out of this other contract that you're in? And she said, what? I mean, she had no idea. I mean, the devil had put a plan together for me that was so much of a trap. It was unbelievable. I mean, how can all these things come about? That very day was the day that Brother Keith was going to ask me to be on the board. <laughs> we had, I mean, after she says, I don't know anything about this, and we got it out into the front, he was, he was trying to stop my blessing. And because of that, well, I mean, a day that seemed gloomy turned out real good. <laughs> And by the way, I got the contract on the Faith Life Center. I, I priced it too low. Now, if that's not a trap of the devil, I don't know what is. The, the building was almost identical to the plans that he had drawn up for us here. It was here in Branson. And it was a building that was going to be attached to another building. And it was just almost identical to us. And we had not said a word to him about it. And it was all he could do that day. He said, so are you going to be able to get out of that other thing that you got? And I thought, what other thing, Wayne? We don't have any other thing going. But it was a trap for him to get offended at Keith and I and at Faith Life Church. But it didn't even have to be the truth. Do you see that? So oftentimes, the devil sets traps for us. And not only that, and I hope Wayne don't mind me telling it, but over the past little bit, they have totally gotten out of debt, totally paid off everything they owe. Uh, during this time that the devil was setting all these traps for them to fall, the devil knew that their blessings were on the way. And if he could just get them offended... And get them off course and get them to where that they were offended at us, get them offended at the church, get them offended at God. Because he knows if he can get them offended at their pastors, get them offended at the church, he'll get them offended at God. Because that's the first steps. If he can get them offended here, then God's the next thing. And the fact was, it wasn't even true. There was no truth in it at all. But they made, and tell me in the middle of it, you don't have to tell me how hard it was for them to stand and resist what the devil was doing. You go two or three weeks in the middle of that and tell me the devil ain't playing with your mind. They're here serving head ushers. 
Me walking by, shaking his hand. Getting here an hour early. Serving. Me calling them, do this for us, do that for us, take care of this, do that. Not asking, telling. For almost a month. What would your flesh do? Traps, guys. Traps. The devil is the master of traps. He will use them to steal your blessings. He will use them to steal all the good things in your life. He did it to Samson. I mean, this is such... I just couldn't pass it by. Such a natural thing that happened here that's so easy to see. He will use people at your job. I mean, it happens here at the church. I can't tell you the times it happens here at the church that people can say, just like that song excuses, the preacher didn't even shake my hand. Stupid little things. To get you offended, to steal your blessings. He don't care that you're mad at us. That's the least of his concerns that you're mad at us. It's to steal your blessings. It's to steal the things from you. To keep you from receiving the things that he has planned for you. He did not have a clue that that very afternoon the Lord was going to have him to begin serving on the board here at the church. Didn't have a clue that we already had. And we didn't have a clue that that was going on. That the devil was setting that trap for him. It happens. Look at some scriptures. How do we avoid these traps? It's just one scripture, really. 2 Corinthians 2.11. We'll put it up in a couple of translations, guys, in the back. Let's start with the King James. It's talking about forgiveness, but I just want you to catch the last end of it. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us. What's the last part of that? We are not ignorant of his devices. Let's read it from the Amplified. To keep Satan from getting an advantage of over us, we are not ignorant of his wiles and intentions. The NIV says, in order that Satan might not outwit us. For we are not unaware of his schemes. And the Living Bible says, a further reason for forgiveness is to keep from being outsmarted by Satan. For we know what he is trying to do. The English version says, in order to keep Satan from getting the upper hand over us, for we know what his plans are. What happened to Samson? Did he fall into a trap? Eyes wide open. Why, though? She batted those pretty little eyes. And his flesh wanted it. Because that flesh can want something so bad. That we set all of our reasoning aside. And fall for it. That ego can want something so bad. Wayne could have set his whole future aside and said, they're going to hear from me about this. You don't do that kind of thing to people. Now, he'd been sitting under the word for years and knew better, but they're going to hear from my, you, you just don't do that to people. What kind of people are they? 
But by that time, he should have known us better than that. But what the devil does is he convinces you and makes you forget the truth about people. Because you choose to believe the lie. When you choose to look at the lie and believe the lie, there's nothing else there but the lie. And you start dwelling on the lie and looking at the lie. Take your finances, for example. Okay? How many of you would like to have $5,000 now, today? Hello? Why don't you have $5,000 today? Because the devil's convinced you it's too hard. God can't get it to you. You're looking at your circumstances instead of looking at your source. You're looking at your job. You're looking at your needs. You're looking at your bills. You're looking at the things that are facing you instead of looking out here. That's what Wayne was doing. Wayne was looking at the plans. He was looking at Faith Life Center. He was looking at how much it looked identical to what we had done. He was not looking at the truth of, have they ever done anything to me? Have they ever been dishonest with me? Have they ever lied to me? Have they told us about everything, every building that they've looked at? Have they pulled us in on all of them? Have they discussed them with us? Have they showed them to us? Have we had talks about them? Why would they leave us out of this one? He was just looking at this one. Got his focus on this one. And refused to move it out of his sight. So when you get focused on that problem and that one thing, what else can you see? Who else can you see? Can you see God? Can you see an answer? Nothing. You can't even see the word. You can't see your future. You can't see anything but that situation. You're trapped in that problem. The devil's got you trapped in your situation. Because that's all you want to see is that situation. You won't look beyond it. You won't even look at the answer. Let's look at a couple of other things. Look at how we can overcome this. Romans 7. This used to be where I lived. I think some of you will think you live there too. It's fun. You can say amen on this one because I think we'll all live there. Romans 7.14 For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. Now here's the part that I lived in. But what I hate, that I do. How many ever ever lived there? Oh, me? I used to live there. I used to read this and think, okay, that's me. That's me. That's where I live. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that is good. 
For then it's no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I can't find. For the good that I would do not, but the evil which I would not that I do. Are y'all confused now? Now I do that what I, that I would not. It's no more I that do it, but the sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing into captivity the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Oh, what's the next verse say? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. How do you keep yourself from blowing up and coming screaming and yelling at somebody and saying, why didn't you tell me? Listen to what the Amplified says. Oh, thank God he will through Jesus Christ, the anointed one, our Lord. That's how you keep yourself. This flesh of ours is so fickled. And it's got to say it's peace. And these tests and trials will come. These things that happen, traps that happen, they come to everybody. And they are tests. I call them promotion tests. I do. I call them promotion tests. Because if you don't get them, God can't promote you. Because he's a just and a fair God. And some people want to know why some people drive nicer cars than other people. And some people live in nicer houses than other people. Because they've passed these tests. Some people would have failed that test that Wayne took. They'd have come screaming and yelling and told everybody in the church. And half split the church. And and uh, had to tell their opinion and voiced it. And got half the church offended. And got mad at us. They would have. But they passed a test. And God was able to promote them. Not only with us, but he was able to do some things for them financially. And with their family and some different things. I don't want to spill their own personal information, but some good things have happened for them. Now, people would call God a respecter of persons because of that. But no, it's because they paid, were able to pass a test. And if things haven't been happening in your life, you need to look at these things. These are not coincidences with people. How do you keep them from happening? Oh, wretched man that I am, the thing that I want to do, I can't. How can you keep it from happening? 2 Corinthians 2.14 You don't even have to turn there. You all know it. Thanks be unto God, which always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. He always causes me to win. So you messed up. You did it. You blew it. We've all blown it. We've all messed up. We all missed the mark. I've blown it more times than I can count if I took my shoes off and counted my toes. We've all messed up. We've all said more than we should have or done more than we should have. But we don't stop. It's like the youth said. He gives us another chance and he gives us another chance and he gives us another chance. And we start over and we pick ourselves up and we go on again. And we get ourselves up out of that trap just like you get your golf ball out of the sand pit. You hit it out of there. And you purpose in your heart not to do it again. How do we do that? First John. 5-4, this one you do need to see. Mark it in your Bible. Put stars around it and stripes and circle it and put it on your wall. Put it on your refrigerator. Put it in your car. It's so simple. For whosoever 
is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the son of God. The Amplified says, whatsoever is born of God is victorious over the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, even our faith. Who is he that is victorious or conquers the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God and adheres to and trusts in him and relies on that fact. The English version says, because every child of God, this is my favorite, is able to defeat the world. You can defeat it. And we win the victory over the world by means of our faith. Who can defeat the world? Only the person who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Only that person. So we can defeat any of these things that come up in our lives. Any of these things that happen in our lives, we can overcome them. And we can defeat them. There's not an opportunity. There's not a chance. If you're born again, it didn't say possibly. It didn't say maybe. It didn't say sometimes. It didn't say every once in a while. It said what? Born of God, you overcome it. Now, the youth said something that I think can apply to the adults, to the kids, to everybody. That most people don't do. It, it's something that we let slip in our lives. It's something that we let go. And it is the only thing that can help us. Did anybody catch it? Somebody said it. The law of displacement. Turn to Jude 20. Jude 20. What's the understood subject there? The word you. Or me. Me. But you, the NIV says, dear friends, build up yourself. Not your friend. Not your wife, not your kids, not your neighbors. You build up yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, how do you build up yourself to keep yourself from doing the things that you don't want to do? Three of you got it. Now, I'm used to the youth. How do you build up yourself to keep yourself from doing what you don't want to do? Pray in the Spirit. That is the only way to keep yourself from doing what you don't want to do. There's not 12 ways. There's not 26 ways. There's not 62 ways. There's one. It's not hard. It's not complicated. It's not confusing. The only way to keep yourself from blowing your top when a trap comes your way and doing what you do not want to do, what it was talking about in Romans, and saying and spouting off and losing your cool and chewing your boss man out when he tells you something to do that you don't want to do, losing your cool with your kids, falling into the trap that the devil has for you is what? The only way to be led to keep from falling into traps is what? The only way that you can go down a path and know which road to take if you're going down in this direction and you need to go in this direction is what? 
If you're about to make a wrong turn and you're about to buy this house and you need to buy this house, how do you keep from doing that? If you're about to marry the wrong person and God wants you to not marry that person, how do you keep from doing that? If you're about to get the wrong job and move to the wrong city, how do you keep from doing that? How complicated is that? Why don't we do it? I've heard several very good answers. Lack of sense, bad choices, time, lazy. All very good answers. Rebellion. Oh, all good answers. So guess what we're going to do right now? You know, it's it takes very little time to change your life. And um, um, it would be wonderful if all you people came in here and prayed on Wednesday night, but you don't. And um, I would say that uh, 99.9 of you don't do it at home either. Because I got a revelation. I came in the other day, and I don't want to embarrass anybody to pray with our staff. And um, um, I said, let's pray. And we prayed for about 15 minutes, and they dropped out on me. So I knew if my staff wasn't praying for 15 minutes, my church ain't praying for 15 minutes. And the people on the Internet ain't praying for 15 minutes every day. Do you know what it would do for your life? How many of you watch TV for 15 minutes? Do you know what it would do for your life if you prayed for 15 minutes every day? And you didn't even know what you were praying for. You just started speaking in tongues for 15 minutes every day. It would change your life forever. You would never be the same again. Now, not all my staff. Don't let me get... Let me correct that. Most of them... Okay. I'll repent later. Anyway, they do an excellent job. And the next day, they came in and they all did hook. It was just the first day they kind of got a little lazy on me, I think. And uh, after that, they have really, really hooked. And we've been praying for almost an hour every day since then. So they've done really, really, really good. So uh, um, supernatural good. And so uh, just the first day, they kind of got a little lazy on me. So we stirred them up a little bit. So... These things will change your life. Okay, you're believing for a husband. Do you talk about it forever? You pray about it. You're believing for money. You talk about it and whine about it. You're in a trap. How do you get out of that trap? You're in a trap with your kids. You can't seem to find the answers of how to make it right. You fight about it. You argue about it. You've done that for 15 years. How do you fix it? It's, it is. It's so simple. It's not complicated, guys. You don't have the answers, but there is a greater one that lives inside of you that knows all things. And he has the answers. And all you have to do is tap into that. And he will give you the answers. So let's do it. Let's get up out of our chairs. Let's reverence the Holy Ghost. Let's move this podium. And I know it's 12 o'clock, but how many of you really need some answers in here this morning? I mean, some of you, if you think you don't want to pray in the Holy Ghost, nobody's going to make you do it. Um, you can go. Nobody's going to make you stay. We don't make anybody do anything around here. You don't want to give. You don't have to give. You don't want to come to church. You don't have to come to church. You don't want to pray. You don't have to pray. But if you want answers, there's an opportunity here this morning. And the corporate anointing in prayer, there is nothing greater than praying in the Holy Ghost, in the corporate anointing of prayer. There will answers come that you have been seeking for. We don't have all the answers. And I don't mind telling you we don't have all the answers. But there is somebody on the inside of you closer and greater than what we are that has answers, that knows the answers. And all you have to do is Tap inside of here. 
And you don't have to tell a soul your personal problems. Somebody inside of here already knows them. And somebody up there can tell him the answer and he can tell you the answer. It's just that simple. So let's everybody, I don't care if you've got skirts on, they've got claws down here. I don't care if you've got heels on. Come down here. Let's get into here as a family. Let's pray. If you've never prayed in tongues before, it's your perfect opportunity. When everybody around you is praying in tongues, if you'll just open up your mouth and you, I tell you, the anointing will be here so strong, you can begin to pray in tongues instantly because it's a gift from God. All you have to do is say, confess Jesus is your Lord and say, Jesus, I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life. You are the Lord and Savior of my life and you've given me the gift of the Holy Ghost and I receive you now and you can be saved and filled with the Holy Ghost just that easily. So everybody that wants to come down here and join us at the front. Let's make an altar and let's pray in tongues in the Holy Ghost and let's get some answers from God this morning about situations in your lives. Kids, husbands, families, kneel down. I mean, not stand up, kneel down to God. It don't hurt to get on your knees to God. Reverence him. I'm going to kneel. And let's pray. Every person in here. I mean, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Come on down here. Even if it's your first time, it won't hurt you to come to the altar and pray to God. He's He loves you. He died for you. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just come to you now and we lift up every need in this church family. And we just ask you to see the hearts of every person in this church family this morning. And even like the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years, Father, she suffered many things of many physicians and she got worse, Father. But one touch from you, Father, she had her answer. And so I just ask you, Father, for that one touch from you this morning to give these people the answers and the solutions to the problems that they have been searching for so long in their lives, Father. One answer from you, Father, can change their lives forever. I just ask you for it now, Father. And we don't know the things that we need to pray for as we ought to, so we just ask you in the Holy Ghost to touch these people's lives and give them answers to questions, solutions to problems, things that they need to know here and now in Jesus' name. Holy Ghost, we just ask you to hook up with us now and do these things for us. Thank you, 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 Lord. Glory to your name, Lord. Glory to your name, Lord. Thank you, 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 Lord. Thank you, Lord. Some of you need to go home and do this for a while. I mean, really do this for a while. I can sense it that some of you really are hooked in and you've really begun to pray and probably hadn't done it in a while. And you need to do it for a while. Some of you, are, you can just sense it. How many of you are really already sensing you can get some answers this way? I mean, answers are coming left and right in here right now. I mean, you could stay in here and pray for a while. But it just keeps coming up in my heart. We don't have to just, you get up and leave right now. But I just want to admonish you for just a minute. I mean, we prayed for 10 minutes just right now. And you can already sense answers that are coming in people's lives right now. But I just want to admonish you real quickly and um, not keep you in here all day. Because this is something you can do at home. You don't have to just stay here and do this. This is something you should be doing at home. But some of you, the reason that you're falling into traps is because you're opening your ears to other people. You're listening to things other people are saying. And I don't know if you caught what Wayne was saying when he said what he did. There was a person that every day kept hounding Wayne saying, You should do this. You should do this. Playing the devil's advocate. You should do this. You should do this. And there's people in our lives that do that a lot. Delilah did that. And oftentimes, the devil uses people that are closest to us. He will use people that he knows you will listen to. In those times, you may need to pull away 
and not listen and do this and cut yourself off and pray. Now, that's an answer for somebody right there. That's an answer. So take the time to get quiet and hear from God and not from people. Because people will lead you astray. God will never, ever, ever, never, ever, never, ever, ever, ever lead you astray. People have ulterior motives. God never has ulterior motives. He's out for your best interest and what will help you the most. So um, we'll, what we're going to do today is we're going to dismiss by people praying. No need in singing. We sing lots. Okay? You can stay. You can pray for a while. You can go home praying. I mean, you can pray in your car. You can pray under your breath. I mean, and should be praying under your breath all the time. We don't need to have an altar call. You can get saved right here, right now, you know. And uh, people on the Internet, the same thing with you. All you've got to do to accept Jesus as your Lord is confess him as your Lord and Savior and ask him to come into your heart, and he'll do it. I mean, it's just that easy. I mean, Jesus makes everything for us easy. That's why people try. People have to make it hard. I mean, getting answers from God is easy. Doing this, praying in the Holy Ghost, you can get more answers than you ever know where they come from. Just getting quiet. You don't have to try to hear it from people. And that's people's problem is going to people instead of going to God. And if you go to him, he'll give you the right direction at the right time in the right way. So let's just do that. Let's just pray. And as you need to leave, you're welcome to and free to go.